helping you put knowledge to work. University of Illinois Extension. Hi, I'm Bill Wastner, and we're here with Spotlight on Natural Resources. With us today is Dwayne Friend. Dwayne. Uh, of course, is an extension educator in natural resources in Springfield. How are you doing, Dwayne? I'm doing fine, Bill. Thank you. And I understand that you've selected a topic today that we're all fairly acquainted with, I, I suspect, because we see this kind of thing in, in news reports all the time. Sometimes, you know, they're the sort of thing that you hear uh, from the newscaster uh, at at five o'clock, we will be talking about the things in your home that can kill you. But um, a lot of times, the the information you get from the the newscaster isn't uh, research based. So we're we're going to hear more research based information from you. And so tell us a little bit uh, about uh, indoor pollution. Well, this is something that I think a lot of people are concerned about, uh, particularly this time of year when folks are are trapped indoors and uh, they can't get outdoors, and uh, they're, they're just thinking more about what kind of things they have inside their air, particularly in houses that are maybe uh, some of the, the newer construction where you don't have a lot of uh, outside air coming in, uh, and people are, are indoors for, for lengthy periods of time this time of year, and uh, people become a little bit more concerned about the air quality that they have inside their house. So I wanted to talk a little bit today about some of the, the different types of indoor air pollution that uh, people need to be concerned about and uh, think about and maybe in some cases uh, take care well, of. What kinds are there? Okay, well, one of the first things that we can talk about for this time of year that probably people are concerned about are combustion products. And those are basically things like different types of gases or different types of solid particles that can come off of, of burning materials. And there's a number of different uh, appliances that can give off these types of products, uh, whether you're talking about space heaters, uh, gas stoves, wood stoves, water heaters, dryers, fireplaces, uh, particularly any of those that maybe are, are completely unvented uh, or in some cases are, are vented, but maybe they're not vented properly. And those types of uh, gases and particles can build up then inside the house and uh, become a, a potential health concern. And there's really two main types of pollutants we can talk about for this. Uh, one of them is carbon monoxide. And uh, you always hear a lot of reports, uh, particularly this time of year, of, of uh, uh, people that have uh, carbon monoxide poisoning. Uh, and this is something that you really don't know is happening to you until in some cases it's almost too late because it's an odorless, tasteless gas. Uh, the, really, the only symptoms that you'll have are physical symptoms, and those will range anything from uh, dizziness to nausea to headaches. And if carbon monoxide levels get up high enough uh, inside the home, they can cause death. And in some cases, we hear from time to time of uh, people that have uh, passed away from carbon monoxide poisoning. Right, and that's why they talk about carbon monoxide sensors that you can install in your home? Exactly, and that's one of the reasons why it's now a requirement uh, to have those types of, of detectors in the home so that uh, levels won't reach uh, deadly levels before this uh, detector will come on and let you know that there is a potential problem. 
Uh, one of the other types of products that we can talk about, too, are, is uh, nitrogen dioxide. And, and that's something that uh, you don't hear a whole lot about, but it's still something that can cause uh, basic uh, respiratory irritation or it can cause irritation to the eyes and the throat and that type of thing. Um, now, a couple of the uh, other types of, of uh, pollutants that we can talk about are uh, volatile organic compounds. And those are things, uh, different types of chemicals that you find in paint. You can find it in new carpet. You can find it in cleaning supplies, air fresheners, uh, even uh, clothing that you've taken to the dry cleaners and brought home. Those types of things, uh, those types of compounds will, uh, again, cause eye, nose, throat irritation, uh, if it's at high enough levels, it can cause headaches, nausea, uh, and if it's uh, chronic enough and at high enough levels, it, it is uh, possible to, to cause uh, potential liver or kidney problems uh, along with nervous system damage. So it has to be pretty high levels for that, but that's still a, a potential. So concern. how do you protect yourself on those? Uh, well, as far as protecting yourself, one of the, the things that you need to think about is, uh, you know, if you're going to be doing some type of painting or you're going to be bringing in new carpeting or new furniture or something like that, uh, uh, just trying to ventilate the house as much as possible. If you can bring in French, fresh air into those situations, uh, getting some of that, uh, those VOCs out of, or at least lower the concentrations of them. Uh, and with uh, cleaning products, so making sure that you use them according to uh, label directions uh, is one of the best things for that because... Uh, uh, again, there are small levels of, of VOCs, even in cleaning products. Mm -hmm. um, just to go through some of the other types of, of potential pollutants, uh, of course, secondhand smoke is, is something that we're all pretty uh, aware of and the, the potential problems with that. Um, and then two of the, probably the, two of the biggest, uh, other than the combustion products, two of the biggest concerns that we might have for indoor air pollutant, pollution is uh, radon. Uh, radon is a radioactive gas. Again, it's an odorless, tasteless uh, chemical, uh, and it can enter the house through cracks and openings in the floor. It's actually a, a natural substance that is uh, in uh, the interior of the earth and works its way up into the through the soil and can enter the house, particularly in basement areas. Uh, and it's actually the leading cause of lung cancer in non-smokers and the second leading cause of lung cancer overall. So it is a, a major concern, and Illinois is actually an area where uh, the levels of radon can be uh, relatively high in the soil. Hmm. And, so what do you do about that, or how do you know whether well, you've got the problem? Uh, really, the only way to know that, uh, that you have that is to have a radon test kit uh, done. And those are, are relatively inexpensive. Uh, well, actually, they're very inexpensive to do, and it's something that, uh, that homeowners can do on their own. They can... Uh, get one of these test kits and actually test for radon to see if the, the levels of radon are, are relatively high in the house. And if the levels are relatively high, then um, several different types of, of remediation can be done. Probably the, the most basic one or the, the one that is most effective is to provide, uh, uh, to put in a type of ventilation system which basically sucks the air uh, from around the foundation uh, and takes it and vents it out of the house. And so you don't have that radon actually seeping in through the basement or through the crawl space and that type of thing. Now, it used to be that there were a couple of different kinds of radon test kits, one that was a longer term and then a shorter term. Is that still the case? or? 
Yeah, I think there's there there are several different types of radon test kits out there, and and really depending on um, how much time you have and and uh, how involved you, both most test kits are relatively effective in how they uh, the test for radon. Uh, maybe a little bit different in terms of placement and uh, the, the, the total process, but either one of those should be fairly effective, at least to give you an idea if it's a potential concern. Okay. So that's how you take care of radon. It's the way you take care of all indoor pollutants, basically the same, where you increase the ventilation in general? That's one of the, the best things that you can do if you if you can do uh, different types of, of ventilation. You know, when the weather permits, open the windows, or if nothing else, run a bathroom, a kitchen fan, exhaust some air outdoors. Uh, some other things uh, to think about, too, and th- these are things that will also help folks if they have asthma in the home, uh, changing your furnace filters regularly, mm-hmm. uh, particularly using filters that, that uh, reduce the, the number of allergens that go through the filter. Uh, there are some high-efficiency filters that you can use on uh, on those. The big thing with those is to make sure that you do change those regularly. And, and some of those, they probably say to change maybe every three months. Personally, I would change them more often than that because uh, they, they may not look like they need changed, but uh, with those uh, small openings in the filter, uh, if nothing else, it does reduce the amount of airflow uh, when those things do get plugged up. So it's probably good that you change those more often uh, even than, than what is recommended on the uh, the label. Uh, one of the other basic things, too, is uh, humidity levels. And we haven't talked uh, any about mold, which is another major problem, but uh, trying to keep humidity around 30 to 50% in the house. Now, in the summertime, that may mean using a dehumidifier. Now, uh, the air conditioner also helps dehumidify the air, but you may need to also think about using a dehumidifier in some places in the home. And in the wintertime, if you can use uh, some type of humidifier, some furnace units do have automatic uh, humidifiers that have been placed on the systems. Uh, but if nothing else, so placing humidifiers, uh, the smaller units around the house will, will also help. Right. And they, in general, make the house feel more comfortable. And you can set your thermostat lower and save some money that way. Exactly, exactly. So. All good advice. Anything else we need to keep in mind for uh, indoor pollution and how to avoid it? Well, the one thing I was going to suggest in terms of, uh, of more information is uh, looking on uh, the, the U.S. EPA website. They have an indoor air quality website, uh, and if somebody just did a basic search on EPA indoor air quality, it would bring up their kind of their home site for this, and there's a number of different uh, subsets or, or subsites, I guess you'd say, that uh, people can go to to talk about a lot of these individual types of pollutants and what people can do to remediate any types of potential problems. Very good. Well, thank you for the advice, and we look forward to hearing from you next time. This has been Dwayne Friend and Bill Wastner from the University of Illinois Extension with Spotlight on Natural Resources. Mm-hmm.